Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. Matt, today we're doing another update of enactments, insistments, recedements, concurments, finally pastaments. Mentos mints. Spearmints. Peppermints. All the mints. All the mints. Is happening today. Yep. Uh, the, the government mint. <laughs> the federal mint. The federal mint doesn't sound that bad, actually. It doesn't, you know. I know there's been a whole big thing about why isn't, you know, Harriet Tubman was supposed to be on the $20 bill, but that's been kind of delayed right now. A little bit. Here's what I think. Okay. Matt and Matt on the $20 bill. Oh. That sounds... Right? Ideal, yet crazy. That would be ridiculous, (laughs) and it would be insane, and yet I think that would fit in today's government. (laughs) You know what we'd be holding, right, as we're... Looking in there, right below us. I can't wait to hear. Spicy dill pickle chips. Oh, of course, spicy dill pickle yeah. chips are the best. So, and where's the best place to get those? Oh, Cross Cafe. Cross Cafe. Still open all year long. All year long. Oh, all I love year that long. place. Oh, Great coffee so too. Good. It's so good. So we're gonna run through. Looks like eight bills that have been signed by the governor. Yeah. At this point, I mean, we're we're right here about at the summer solstice as where we are recording this, and there may be more that happens after this. But to be honest, folks. This is our last enactment podcast. I'll let you know that right, right off the bat. So today, as we're recording, is supposed to be uh, the day that they uh, adjourn. Right. But as we were talking beforehand, the governor is still going to be able to sign some stuff over the next few days slash weeks, whenever whenever she can do with that. Right. Uh, but we're probably not going to do that. We're going to have a, a like a wrap-up of what happened over the summer when we come back in the fall. Yeah, because we, you know, quite frankly, Matt— I need a break. <laughs> I mean, here, here's here's one thing. When we started, we discussed to do this last year, and it was after LD 1666 debacle. We said, why don't we do something like this? Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be really great. It's been a lot of work. It's been, and it's been you a, know, it sounds like work. It sounds like work. We're not going to do this. Oy. Oh, there's been a lot. I need to rest. Yeah, I think we need to uh, uh, get off these websites about the legislature and be like, okay, let's just like. Yeah. Get when, out to the sun. <laughs> right. When you know when you know you know you've gone too far when you're you're listening for enjoyment in your car on the way home from work, the main house doing their debates over bills about whatever it is that they're debating. That's been where my head's been at. Yep. And I need to I need to back away. <laughs> I think that's a fair point. I think it's a fair point. So let's get through these eight. Let's and do it. Inform our listeners as to where we are. Uh, and these are all ones that have been signed by the governor, so they are now law. They are now law. And I want to I want to say one thing as we get started with this. Um, what do, or what does, who does, what does Hank Aaron, Reggie Jackson, Willie McCovey, Jerry West, Dallas Clark, and Governor Janet Mills all have in common? Uh, uh, first of all, two of those people are not like the others. <laughs> One of them being Governor Janet Mills, of course. The other is Dallas Clark. Yeah. Gets in there with, like, Aaron McCovey, West, and who? Willie McCovey, yep. Reggie Jackson, Hank Reggie. Aaron, Jerry West. Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark. And Janet Mills. <laughs> yep. You, I'm not even sure what this is. They're the number 44. All those athletes wore the number 44 at one point in their career. Janet Mills has signed 44 education bills. So far... This session. Did you come up with that on your own? 
I, I may have done a little bit of research. <laughs> <laughs> I may have I may have used my Google machine. That is a lot of bills. Forty four education bills. I am pretty and resolves sure, and resolves and resolves. I am pretty sure that's forty four more than Reggie Jackson has signed. <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny that information right there. Fair. Okay. More research that somebody else is going to do. But the point is that it's. There's been a lot. I mean, there, lot. Yeah, there, these are just the education bills. Right. There were over 200 education bills that were presented at the beginning of the year. 44 of them, as, as of our recording, have been signed into law. As a percentage, that's, that's a high percentage. Yeah, something like 20%. Is that what it is? That's, I think that's impressive. I don't have a baseline to go against, but 20% of the bills that were introduced have become law. Yeah. That's... A lot, I would that, think. That, that is a lot. That's I good. will say of the of those, I'm pretty sure that most of those bills, the ones that got passed were not the ones that were presented at public hearing because what happens, as we know, at public hearings is they say, okay, thank you for listening. Then they strike out the entire bill and then they make a whole new bill and they pass that. That's what they wanted to do. So before we get to the actual individual ones, since that has happened. A lot. Do you think that the intent of the bills completely changed or just some of the language? Probably a bit of both. A little bit of both, maybe. Maybe I, I'm going to take the positive view, and I think the intent might change a little bit as they gather more information, which is why they're replacing and striking so much. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's been anything that has like started one way and gone to a completely different way, like 1666 last year. was like, here was a bill with some hearings, and then they basically redid the whole thing right, right at the end. And rushed it through. Yeah, I'm having trouble picking picking one up from the off the top of my head too. And yeah, it seems like they've all been close enough. Even, sure. Even if the language completely changed, it's still like yeah, I can see there's there's still traces of what was there before. Yeah. Well, they even like one one that I was just even thinking of was the um, an act to for unfair teacher evaluations that yeah. we, we talked about in one of our last podcasts. That was originally like superintendents cannot use the uh, summative effectiveness ratings right. and anything that they do can be grieved and or appealed. Yep. And that changed to being, no, you can still create a, an effectiveness rating and you can still grieve an appeal. You can grieve an appeal if A, B, and C happen. Right. So I think clean, it, it, I don't think it changed the intent necessarily, but just cleaned up and made it more realistic. Yeah. I think we're actually going to talk about that one a little, little bit later in this pod. Ooh. Well, let's get going. Yeah. And talk about speaking of ones that have also been started off as one thing and then changed into another. This is LD309, which is an act to eliminate the regional adjustment for public school systems, sponsored by Representative Stewart, who was on the Education Committee last year. It was an emergency. Of course it is. It's an emergency measure. This yep. one has been uh, signed into law. Let's find out what this one is all about. Sure. Well, this is a, this is a fun one because, as you recall, it started off an, as an act and it removed the regional adjustment in the total operating allocation for school administrative units under the EPS Funding Act. That was the original bill. Mm-hmm. The amendment to this bill, um, sorry, my computer has just been froze. So the amendment to this bill, it turns into <laughs> technology, folks. It turns into a resolve for one. So instead of eliminating that adjustment, yes, which we didn't think would go through originally, right. no. because that's you know it's kind of seems seems big. It was a, one little line was huge. Yeah. So what it's been changed to is a resolve, as Matt said. Uh, It directs the Department of Education to direct a study of the regional adjustment for school administrative units. So instead of being like yay or nay, they're like, 
I kind of like the idea. Let's put some people together and figure it out. Right. So the DOE is directing uh, the Maine Education Policy Research Institute, which is MEPRI, uh, into the review of the of EPS funding to study and report to the department on the regional adjustment for school administrative units under the EPS Funding Act. And then here's what you need to um, here's what you need to study about this one. But it really says, okay, the the law the the bill as pr- provided was interesting enough that we should go find out more about it. Yeah. And and more more so than that, they there's a tight timeline in this because they have to get information back to the Educational Cultural Affairs Committee no later than January fifteenth, twenty twenty. So they need to do some quick studying and a quick turnaround of that report. That is less than six months from now. It is. That's, oh, that's terif- That's horrifying. Yeah, that January fifteenth is less than six months from now. Sure is. Oy, summer bubble burst. So uh, so that's a a good thing. I think you know we always like. Like putting people together to study something that's semi-interesting, anyway. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Let's and, and and if they need more information or they want more information, let's let's do that. But I also like the timeline on it so that they can say, well, at least for the 129th second session, let's go and we'll, we'll, maybe we can do something about it with more information. So I'm going to take you through the process of this one a little bit before we get to the next one. Sure, because this goes with our recede and concur stuff that yeah. we. This was a fun one. Partially no things. <laughs> so this one on June 7th went to the House, and the House insisted on final passage. Insist. It's in bold, and it's all capitalized. So you know they're insisting. It was, it was, they were wearing insistive. It was an insistment. <laughs> so on the 10th, three days later, in the Senate, uh, the Senate it says the Senate receded and concurred with final passage. So as we know now which we apparently didn't know the first time we talked about this one. What that means no. <laughs> is that we agree with the language of this, and we're not going to, like, fiddle with it in any way. Yeah, just move on. Just, yeah. just move on. Yeah. We're, we're good. We gotcha. We're good. We're good. We're moving on past 35 to 0 to 0 to 0, which never happens. That's <laughs> – that, that very – yeah, right, that never happens, especially for something like this. So since this was an emergency, it also says uh, emergency two-thirds elected required in concurrence. So – in order for it to take effect, you have, a two, have to pass by two-thirds is what I'm assuming that means. 35 out of 35 seems more than two-thirds. Ooh, good good use of math there. Thank you. Uh, and a, a few days later, or a week later, it was uh, signed by the governor as an emergency. So it takes effect immediately. Uh, and again, it's just putting together, we go do some research for us and right. come back in less than six months. That's it. So that's pretty good. Let's Let's... As we as as educators, we always like to get more information before we make a final decision. Don't like to jump into anything. As as the Ents would say, don't be hasty. Don't be hasty. Yes. Okay. Good old tree beard. Okay. <laughs> Let's go for our next one. Our next one is LD twelve eighty three. Yes. A resolve to advance college affordability by convening a task force. Hmm. Mm-hmm. To recommend a sustainable funding model for maintaining main public higher education infrastructure. Infrastructure. So what does that one do? Uh, creates a task force that the chancellor of the UMaine system will convene a task force to be known as a task force. It's be known as a task force to recommend a sustainable funding model for maintaining Maine's public higher education infrastructure. That's a horrible title. Horrible title. I'm trying to think of what the. That the, that's the T F R S F M M M P H E I. There you go. The Tursmpri. 
it rolls right off the tongue, I doesn't know, it? It's perfect. Uh, their duties would be the task force will study how to provide adequate supplemental funding to sustain the state's public higher education infrastructure without burdening students who are residents of the state with unreasonable tuition and fee increases. Task force shall consider, but may not be limited to considering infrastructure improvements, health and safety repairs, technology improvements, energy efficiency, and equipment upgrades, and when necessary, new construction. Seems fair to me. I think this is more than fair. Yep, I think that's a good one. I do too. Well done. Well Let's done. Study some more. Oh, here's something. So this one was an emergency. Was finally passed by the okay. House. Um, uh, sent for concurrence. It was finally passed by the Senate on the thirtieth, and on the twelfth, it became law without the governor's signature. Another one of those that slipped behind the cracks in the governor's desk or got, you know, stuck on someone's shoe somewhere. They found it later. They're like, oh, God, already in now. Eh, nothing we can do now. No, no. You can't like, <sighs> put X. I wanted X. to veto this, and I couldn't because <laughs> it, got, it, got, it got stuck in this whole other this other folder. It was in the wrong folder is what it was. Stuff happens. You know, everybody's a little human here. Let's go to the next one. Well, that's what they say. Yeah, that's true. We just talked about ENTS, for God's sake. <laughs> LD 1338, an act to protect teachers from unfair evaluations. Oh, we just talked about this one. We did. So this one was uh, signed by the governor uh, one week ago today on the 13th. And what does this one look like now? Well, this one, again, it, it, it's changed from its original ruling, uh, original uh, intention, which was to kind of eliminate all effectiveness ratings. Mm -hmm. This one says that a superintendent may use effectiveness ratings of educators to inform strategic human capital decision-making, including but not limited to decision-making regarding recruitment, selection, induction, mentoring, PD, compensation, assignment, and dismissal. So we, they can use those effectiveness ratings, to do, effectiveness ratings to do one or all of those things. Then there has to be just cause for the non-renewal, meaning that this is another thing that the original bill uh, eliminated, but this one they had to put it back in. Mm -hmm. um, there has to be this, uh, this two years of an ineffectiveness rating. Mm -hmm. So according to Chapter 180, and we, we, we highlighted this all in our PEPG uh, episodes. Go back and listen. Those were fantastic. That's fantastic pod. Not snoozeworthy at all. Um, but there has to be a four-point rating. That's part of the Chapter 180 law and, or rules. And if you get a one, a one has to be ineffective. If a teacher gets a one for two years in a row, then that teacher is – that's considered just cause for dismissal. Mm -hmm. Now, if – a teacher gets two years of a one of an ineffective rating, um, th that substantive effectiveness rating is subject to appeal or grievance mm -hmm. as long as under the terms of the applicable collective bargaining agreement. As long as there is reasonable basis, in fact, for the effectiveness rating. Oh, wait, so there, there isn't reasonable. They can – so here's what I'm I, – I screwed this up before in, a, in okay. talking with someone else. So um, – you can appeal if there isn't a reasonable basis, in fact, for the effectiveness rating. If the evaluation process leading to the effectiveness rating was not performed in a manner that was consistent with the approved system or and or and that the department and effectiveness rating are in the result of bad faith. Gotcha. So there's three – that's a steep hill to climb. you got to get the bad faith in there. Yep. You have to be uh, – that the, the system was not performed in a reasonably consistent manner with, the, with that and that um, the rating is unreasonable. Mm -hmm. So that's the only way in which an appeal or grievance can be filed based on the summative effectiveness rating. But it can happen. It can happen. But it's an and, and, and. Uh, 
instead of an or, or, or. And those are a lot of things that the person who is non-renewed has to prove, right? Say that again? In their appeal. So if I'm a teacher being non-renewed for that, I'm the one that has to appeal that and show yes. proof of those things happening. Yes, you have to show the proof. It's not up to the district to show that it was done in good faith. It's up to the appealer or the griever to show that it was done in bad faith. And I do know that there are some instances of, of collective bargaining agreements that have happened over the course of the state where the language has been changed so that it would be in good faith, mm-hmm. but that puts the burden of proof onto the district, whereas the law requires the burden of proof be on the griever or the appealer. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. There's a, so there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot it's there to process, a yeah, lot there to, to process, but it does open up the option for um, appealing and grieving, which it really wasn't, it was always kind of there, but now it's written into law that you can do it. But it's a, it's a steep hill to climb to get there. Right. Okay. Well, that one is a good one to know. That, that one uh, has taken effect uh, 90 days after, so beginning of the school year. Beginning of the school year, yeah. along with LD92. That was the other one for teacher evaluation. Yeah. I didn't think this one was going to go through because I thought there's no way they were going to do two major changes to the uh, evaluation system. Well, I will, I will admit right now, I was mistaken. I was never wrong. I'm not wrong because, as I proved in college once, um, I'm never wrong. Because wrong has to do with morality and ethics and belief. And well, I, made, I make mistakes all the time. You proved that in college once. Yes. Through Therefore, I, it's always true. Uh, yeah. Okay. Of course. Makes sense. Well, I showed it to a professor of mine, and he said that I can't dispute it, my argument. So there you go. I just threw it away after that point because I'm like, why do I need this anymore? I've already done it. Uh, with that one, let's go to the next one. Good times. LD 1592. An act to allow the dissolution of regional school units composed of a single municipality. Yep, so you can dissolve yourself if you're yourself. Yeah, we kind of like this one when it came out because it was like, uh, that kind of makes sense, right? This was about Old Orchard Beach, wasn't it? I believe so, that they used to be part of an RSU, but then the other towns dropped out. And so they were left a regional school unit within one town. Within one town. They're like, yeah. Why, why do this? Do that doesn't make any sense. We just want to be oob. <laughs> so, uh, so a lot of this, um, as I'm looking at it now, it basically tells you how to withdraw, and there's a couple of different articles that have to go out to the voters, and then it's done. Yep. Simple. I mean, that's really simple. Very simple nice. process now. And very obvious. I mean, that, that's why I like some of these bills are just like cleaning up language, fixing things that just make sense. You know, this one, who's going to argue against this sort of thing? It just makes sense. But right. now it just puts it into the law, which I don't think they thought of before when they did it because this wasn't supposed to happen. Well, no, yeah, because if a regional school unit is going to dissolve, you'd think that everyone, all the communities would be okay with that. But apparently what had happened is that some of the communities said, no, we want to leave. And one community said, no, we want to stay. Right. We're okay with this. And We're, then everyone, yeah. everyone else left. And then you just become Tom Hanks on an island somewhere and you're just left talking to Wilson. And nobody wants to be the town that's just talking to Wilson. Nobody wants to be the town talking to Wilson. And nobody wants to be the Wilson either. (laughs) It's time to move on, clearly. (laughs) LD721, an act to encourage public participation in school board meetings. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So this one was, uh, went pretty quick, uh, passed on the 5th and the 6th in the House and Senate and signed by the governor uh, about a week ago. Yeah. It is now a public law. And it says that a school board shall provide the opportunity for the public to comment on school and education matters at school board meeting. 
Nothing in this subsection restricts the school board from establishing reasonable standards for the public comment period, including time limits and conduct standards. For the purposes of this subsection, a school board meeting means a full meeting of the school board does not include meetings of subcommittees. I wonder why that last part was there. Because part of the conversation and the discussion, I remember listening to this, being a, well, almost former school board member at this point, um, it was, well, you do realize that every meeting the school board has is public. Mm -hmm. So now you're opening for public comment at the committee level meetings, and that could really cause some issues with terms of um, timing and just getting stuff done. And, you know, a district can determine and decide whether or not they want to do that. I know like in uh, the district where I was a school board member in, some committees allowed for public commentary, some didn't Hmm. because – you don't have to in the full the full ones or the subcommittee the ones? subcommittee meetings okay. the full the full board meetings we always have yep. school board uh, or open public commentary sure. sometimes depending on the length of the agenda it might be well we've got a lot going on so we're going to limit all of commentary to fifteen minutes mm-hmm. or two minutes per person or whatever it might be but and I think if I remember correctly eighty five or ninety five percent of all the school districts had this that they already did this you're right it was already a part of what they do but yep. that now it just says nope. You have to allow it. So the subcommittee part, I'm thinking of the district I work in right now, uh, our subcommittee meetings are much more informal. So if if people from the public show up, they usually are like just brought right to the table and just just more of a discussion than than a formal meeting, that type of thing. Yeah. You know, they take the votes whenever they need to take the votes, but the public is there. If they want to talk about it, they're just invited right in. Yeah. Which I I mean, subcommittee meetings are much more informal informal often yeah than the big ones so and uh, i know things like finance committees can get really kind of tricky and can get um, yeah can get really detailed and you kind of want to limit to the to the focus but it's also i think it's also important to hear from if the constituency if the public is there and they're coming to a subcommittee meeting they have a reason for being there me personally i'd want to know what that is but i'd understand also a timing like you might have a subcommittee meeting that's a half an hour that starts a half an hour before your full board meeting yeah you only have 30 minutes to get your stuff done. Right. Well, you don't have time for that. You could say, sorry. Yep. But then, you know, being a just a decent human being, you might be able to say things like, well, just email me and I'll make sure that it gets out to the rest of the board yeah. members. Usually, you know, pe- that's, a, that's an easy thing. Usually people that show up to the committee meetings, we know they're coming. Often, yeah. Yeah, so we already know what they want to talk about or we invite them. Right, right, they, right. You know, we were talking about... Uh, graduation a couple of years ago i remember so we got a member of the public who like runs one of the school's graduations and said what do you think about this and they're like yeah this all sounds good to me the, your discussion seems okay with us and we're like good now there's our public input also from somebody who basically runs graduation and yeah it was it was nice it was nice let's go to the next one sure ld 1773 almost a revolutionary act well do you, do you know what happened on april 27th in 1773 um, people were born and died. The br- <laughs> that is factually correct. Thank also, you. British Parliament passed the Tea Act. That, di- that didn't go so well that here. <laughs> doesn't sound like a good one. Maybe that's an omen for this one. Yeah, and also on, on this day, on October 14th, that same year, uh, the UK's East India Company tea ships cargo were, were, were burned in Annapolis, Maryland mm. as a result of the tea act that went into play a few months earlier. Hmm. So, 1773. It was a very good year. This one is right up our alley. An act to clarify bonding authority for school management and leadership oh, centers. gosh. 
So bonding authority. Since we're clearly experts oh. at finance, if you've been listening to us, and okay, I'm looking at whoa. The, yeah, there's looking, a lot of other language. There, there's this whole all right. So this whole thing it says this section is enacted uh, and is amended to read, and then there's three pages, two and a half pages or so of just new language and. Um, I, I will encourage you folks to go out and read that because I'm not going to. <laughs> no, it it basically is clarifying how you do bonds yeah. for school management and leadership centers. And then there's all kinds of rules about it. So, uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good. Okay. It's out there, but it's, it's, out it's been there. That, that, that it's been passed. So there you go for you bond folks. So the next one is an early one. It's LD one sixty six. This this one didn't come through us. The it drag, did not. This this one this one stuck past the goalie. It's an act to protect school children. Oh, good. Yeah. By increasing the penalty for oh. unlawful passing of a school bus. You know this is a big problem. <laughs> if you're this... passing a school bus, you're an idiot. I I would go further. I would use yeah, stronger language I, than that. We're trying to be nice here. Um, I I would I would I would. You know, a nice way to say it, also a jerk. Um, you're just a you're just a, a, a bad human at that point because you are literally endangering kids. So this one has changed. The name of it has changed a little bit. It is now an act to protect school children by providing additional enforcement and prevention options for unlawful passing of a school bus. And the interesting part to me was here in section five, where mm-hmm. it talks about uh, the penalty to pass a school bus is is now death. Say that again. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I, I, I see a word called appurtenances down there. Uh, I'm going to assume that uh, just means death. Uh, well, okay. So if you pass a school bus, you're risking your life, and not just other lives, your own now. So don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't don't do it. And this 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 means that you know they're. They know that this is a problem. This has been uh, this has been a major problem for many for for each, but the last couple of years has gotten it's gotten ridiculous um, for some reason. Agreed. And they need to do something. And I'm glad they are that they're upping the enforcement of this and they're upping upping the uh, the different ways in which you know you can now be vi- you can now be violated or uh, violate the law. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my death joke was enough. <laughs> Well, the, 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 the folks who are trying to get on the school bus will be violated if you go past this, if the, the stop arm is out or the uh, extended the stop extended arm. extended stop arm. Which I'm kind of hoping what they do is they make them so that they're so big that they will cross, like, five lanes of traffic. You know, they'll just make those extended arms, like, they just, just keep going and These going to stop. unfold. Right, they just keep unfolding just keep and going? folding and folding. The technology's got to be there. I would think so. You've got to be able to have that, so... Um, and they're not just this little, like, you know, four inch or five or six inch wide thing. No, no, no. These extended arms are like four feet in width. I like that. I like that. Flashing lights. Stop. Sirens. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> That's pretty much it, right? That's this it. Whole, this whole law is basically, don't be an idiot. Just be nice. Oh my God, there's school buses with kids. Yeah, we get your late. And Hang we, on. And we don't care. Hang on. Relax. Everyone's going to be fine. Every, you're going to be fine. I mean, sometimes deadlines matter, but really, lives are more important than a deadline. Fair. Let's go to our last one. Our last one? 
for right now. And this one, again, became law without the governor's signature. So, sorry, but this uh, one came in effect yesterday as we speak. This June is 19th. LD 1593, an act to support infrastructure, infrastructure. Improvements, infrastructure improvements in schools. Um, this was LD 1593 again. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It is actually so new. I'm looking. We don't have the chaptered law up there yet. Uh, so I got it. You got I oh, Do you? Good. So, <laughs> so I'm looking at the amendment. Uh, amend the bill by striking out everything after the enacting clause and inserting the following. Right. They did it again. Yep. Here we go. And then it goes on for uh, two pages. But it amends the definition of energy services company to mean all kinds of stuff. It also increases the cap on the contract cost uh, yeah, well, it, to like $10 million. It, well, it, they increased it. Uh, it. It used to be $2.5 million. Now it's ten, That's four that, times as much. That's math. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so they added words like, um, uh, for the purpose of this section, an energy service company means a company of third party, uh, et cetera, et cetera, of locally funded energy conference conservation improvements, air quality improvements, et cetera. So th- they didn't add a whole lot to this bill. They just added things like, air quality improvements and locally funded. Yeah, which is good. Sure. So it just helps out a little bit. And I think it makes it easier for these uh, for these things to happen is really all it was. And, and how they, uh, from what I hear, remember from the testimony, and actually remember some of the testimony on this one, mm-hmm. is that 2.5 million is just not enough these days if we want to do these bigger things. So they like quadrupled it. That means four times as much. It does. Okay. That's math. It is math. But Bef- before we wrap up, mm-hmm. uh, some some breaking news. Oh, in my in my email. Nice. It does, doesn't happen very often while we're doing the podcast, True. but it does have it does happen to relate uh, because I got a um, a headline from the Maine School Management Association. Nice. Governor vetoes bills on ed policy and binding arbitration. So LD two forty uh, and LD one one seven eleven seventy seven uh, two forty would have done the. Um, it was the negotiating education policy that mm-hmm. especially was related to planning time and prep periods. And LD-1177 was allowing outside arbitrators to determine salaries and benefits for teachers and other public employees uh, have both been vetoed. So they passed through both, but the governor said, hmm, not so sure. So now it goes back to the House for our, those of you who remember a schoolhouse rock, and they have to do what, three-fifths or, or three-quarters, two-thirds? Some percentage. Yeah, I forget the exact percentage because uh, it's the correct percentage is seventy one point three one. There you go. I would like to know who the point three one is. And some of those people that are like absent and excused, they still get a partial vote. Yep. So here's what Governor Mills said. They do it by phone. <laughs> Just phone it in. Phone a friend. Like this is all of a sudden who wants to be a millionaire. It's phone a friend. Uh, so in, regarding LD two forty, the uh, the public policy one, she said, "quote." LD240 states that teacher planning and preparation are not issues of educational policy and therefore must be subjects of collective bargaining, but the bill does not define, quote, planning, preparation, or educational policy. The bill was not referred to the Education Committee, but instead to the Labor Committee mm-hmm. through the express purpose of LD, though the express purpose of LD240 is to declare what constitutes educational policy for our schools. In other words, she didn't like the fact that they tried to do an end around. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a big fan of that. So, Fair. And what she said about um, LD 1177 was that uh, this bill, quote, this bill would impose a significant change of the public labor relations laws that govern state, judicial, county, municipal, university, community college, and maritime academy employees. 
was a long line. Uh, under current law, the dominant cost items of salaries, pensions, and insurance for all these employees are subject to collective bargaining, but not to binding arbitration. This LD would eliminate this dividing line and require binding arbitration of salaries, pensions, and insurance. There are good reasons why our state has previously rejected this approach. Salaries, pensions, and insurance compromise the lion's share of most operating budgets, and together they set the expenditure platform from which all other strategic objectives of the governmental entity are pursued. To delegate the private binding arbitrators the authority to set those amounts is to forfeit a fundamental function and responsibility of our school boards, city councils, town select boards, boards of trustees, and governmental branch leaders. End quote. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm looking at, at the uh, role for this one, and this one was engrossed by the House and Senate on the 11th and 12th. It was on the 17th. It was taken from the table by the president and subsequently passed to be enacted 20 to 14. Close. Very close. And so it went to the House yesterday on the 19th. And uh, now it needs to be this. It's I'll just quote it. This bill, having been returned by the governor, together with objections to the same pursuant to blah, 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 the Constitution, after reconsideration, the House proceeded to vote on the question, shall this bill become a law, notwithstanding the objections of the governor? And it was 76 to 68 with six absent. And accordingly, the, it was a vote of the House that the bill not become a law and the veto was sustained. So 76 to 68 okay. was not even close to the 71.41 or whatever it is. It's not even close. They, I, I, Looking at some of the numbers, they probably need like 100, around 100 yays to sustain a veto. Uh, probably. To overrule a veto, I mean. Yeah. But, um, somewhere around there anyway. And, and this was already close to begin with. Yeah, so this one, this one didn't make it. No. So even though it passed in both houses, the governor said, no, no, we're not going to do this. And it wasn't enough impetus to say, yeah, we want this anyway. So uh, that one is uh, has been placed in the legislative files, parentheses, dead. Dead. It's a dead bill now. Bye-bye. Um, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I have another bit of breaking news. This is this podcast Un- is never going to end. Unprecedented. It's unprecedented. LD1382. Okay. An act to establish computer science courses and content in kindergarten to grade twelve schools. Um, it was a it was a, it was a, it was amended to become a resolve directing the Department of Education to study and develop a state plan for computer science instruction and professional development. Uh, the amendment, which is the majority report of the committee, replaces the bill and de- directs the DOE to study and develop a plan for implementing computer science instruction in schools and submit a report to the Ed Committee. Um, that includes an overview of how computer science courses and curricula are being implemented in schools, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they're going to hear this, and the, the Joint Committee on Education Bill may submit a bill to the second regular session of the 139th regarding computer science. This resolve has been signed by the governor mm-hmm. June 18th. It was not on the website. No, it is. I mean, some, some of these sites are not even... The, the uh, I got to the chaptered law one yeah. that it says, but the page before, which has the summary in the House and Senate action, this is nothing about a governor. Yeah, that's why it's it's just like happening. It's all happening. All, I, I just I literally just pulled it up because I knew something had happened with it that had been that had been moved forward, and I wanted to bring it up in the podcast because we had talked about it because mm-hmm. I thought this was going nowhere. Right. Another one that I was mistaken. 
on so clearly, folks. Don't listen to me, but thank you for listening to well, us. Well, so here's the thing. I would, but it would turn into a, it turned into a resolve. We thought it was an act. That's and... the thing is that, that another thing we've noticed, I think, over the last eternity that we've been doing this <laughs> is that a lot of the bills are good ideas. And instead of being just like, yeah, great idea, but we just can't do that, they turn it into a resolve where they want to go study that a little bit more. Yeah. And then we'll come back with something or or not. Or not. And, and I think that's what it says. They're directed to potentially bring legislation in the second session but if they come back and say yeah we're just not we just don't need it or they will come back with something and which will be better than it was before right let's hope let's, let's hope knock knock on wood there um but yeah so we've seen a lot of bills turn into resolves to just study a little bit more and i know some of them come back and i know some of them don't right which is also fine too but see we, we learn things matt we, we did learn things and if you want to learn more things you can follow us on the spreadsheet um that we're we're updating that pretty regularly yes um there's been a lot of de- a lot of bills that are dead a lot of the bills i checked yesterday um and a lot of the bills that are in yellow now that are still kind of in process they've been placed on special appropriations yes so not sure what happens with them next if they get carried over or if they just kind of expire yeah, because we have a budget that has passed for the state. The budget has passed. So therefore, appropriations doesn't really have anything else to do specifically. So those one of those things that special appropriations is like, yeah, well, here's a budget and here's a second budget. Right. Here's Maybe. A Again, finances. I don't know. Well, you Maybe. know, you have breakfast. Maybe it has something to do with bonding. Maybe. You have breakfast and you have a second breakfast. Oh. Elevensies, luncheon, dinner, supper. <laughs> second Lord of the Rings reference today. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, so that's our wrap-up of everything as of June 20th, the last yeah. day of the legislative uh, session, uh, supposedly. I'm assuming it's going to. it. I haven't heard anything that they're going to extend it. I haven't heard either. So they And they might come back, but I'm going to doubt it. I'm going to doubt it, too, especially considering they have a second session coming up in the fall. Yeah. That they'll, they're just going to they're gonna say, you know what, we'll carry everything over to then. We'll and a do. lot of stuff we have seen on the spreadsheet has been carried over. A lot has been. So... I think it's coming down to the last few things. There's nothing else scheduled in committee. Uh, it has been for like two weeks now, I think. A couple there, weeks, There's yeah. been actually nothing going on. It's all been House and Senate stuff. Uh, so, again, when the fall begins, uh, right around late August, early September, we'll have a wrap-up of anything that's happened since then, uh, which will be a few. There. And we'll just have to keep track. And uh, then we'll have a new spreadsheet for next year whenever that happens. Yeah. But we'll kind of... Uh, We'll kind of wrap things up and preview the next year, but we still have some pods to do over the summer, don't we? Yeah, well, we have we're we're going to have uh, at least one or two interviews that are going to come up. Hopefully, with some with some folks, we'll we'll let that out uh, when when they come out. Yep. And then, of course, our final wrap up show. Yeah, coming soon. Coming soon. Okay. With that, I think that wraps up our enactment one. This is like part five i think that we did i don't know all i know is i ran out of parts eventually so i just stopped doing it well yeah at some point you can't you can go to like you know fat the fast and the furious too fast too furious at some point it just becomes ridiculous like fate of the furious what are we gonna do next fine of the furious you know what next year (laughs) when we do these enactments they're all gonna have names (laughs) and at some point where's the hobbs and shaw oh and since i name them (laughs) oh no you'll find out when they come out Done. And way to find Challenge out. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Main It Matters and on Facebook, Main Education Matters. Please do. You will find out everything where we'll keep tweeting stuff out and putting stuff on Facebook. Uh, anything that has to do with education. That we will. All right. We'll, we'll talk very soon. Bye. Bye.